Surviving the game. Burn! Everybody! Yeah, I gotta start over. Hey, everybody! He's Thomas! She's Jack! I'm Doc! No, that ain't it! He's Walter! She's Derek! I'm John! Maybe! I don't know! I know this isn't surviving the game like the Vikings are, but this is Vikings Report Drew and Ted. Drewster! How are you? Ted! How are you? I'm doing good. Welcome, 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 everybody, to episode 117, Ted. 117? Can you believe we got, we've got that many episodes under our belt now? Life's true pleasures are so unpredictable. I say cherish the moment for what it is. Do not believe, I believe uh, Toots has put up with us that long. Say hello to my little friend! We sit here Friday, December 15th. Don't forget, the game is tomorrow, folks. That's why we're yeah. here on Friday. The Vikings are going for two straight. They're taking on the Bengals, and I had a fun time researching this game. We will preview coming up. How can it not be a fantastic game when uh, Browning is going up against Mullins? When you looked at the schedule, you said, man, in December, that Bengals game is going to be huge because it's going to be Nick Mullins versus Jake Browning for all the WKRP turkeys, baby. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> oh, my God. They're hitting the ground like what sides of cement. <laughs> literally, that th- Thanksgiving episode of WKRP, it's today, literally the funniest 30 minutes of television in, in American history. Thanks for that on-the-spot report, Lance. <laughs> just tuned in the pinedale shopping mall has just been bombed with live turkey our first year on the air that's what we did at thanksgiving we did a special tribute to wkrp remember yeah we did it was uh, that's a great show man that episode in particular anyways like uh surviving the game with iced tea that's in my top 10 ted what do you think it's all right i like this it's good you guys proposed that movie and i had to go in the way back memory banks to pull that one out, and I, I remember watching it a long time ago. It's like a very good movie and very fitting for where the Vikings are at this point in the season. Perfect for where the Vikings are at this point in the season. Uh, 1994, so that's what, 30 years old, that movie? Pretty close yeah. to it. Stuart Copeland from The Police, the drummer for The Police, did the soundtrack for that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's one of the tidbits I had on there. But sadly, we lost Rucker Hauer a few years ago, the great star yeah. of that movie. Besides Ice T. Always check the bear. Rucker Howard did a fantastic job, but you know what? Charles Dutton's still with us. Yep. McGinley's still with us. F. Murray Abraham. F. Murray Abraham is still with us. And the great Gary Busey. You could say Gary Busey's gone on as well but i mean he's still here but he's, he's... kind of with us i know more about you than you think mason <laughs> good move i like that i know it's... <laughs> okay don't report this to a doctor okay yeah yeah he did a great job. They all, it was star-studded cast. Great it really idea. Was, yeah. Great movie. I really enjoyed it. Glad we threw it out there tonight. Ruby, how are you doing tonight? Well, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing really good. I actually was going to turn my camera on tonight because I'm dressed to the nines. Woo! Diamonds are forever. Oh! You know, I wouldn't pass up a shot to take Dig It Us either, the way her fantasy football season is going this year. Her ninth win. Yeah, she won again. I finished third again. You finished second again. No, you finished second. I finished last this week. Like I said, I finished second again. You finished third. (laughs) Yeah, she won her ninth out of 14th week. Unbelievable. You're unbelievable. You know, maybe we should just combine our teams this week, and maybe we can win. I don't know. My fantasy football team sucks. Okay, you know what? Let's just take a pause. Let's, let's take a pause here. That won't help. Probably not. It's like the Cardinals combining with what? The Panthers? 
God, Pat. Wow, that's that's a really good analogy, actually. If, if we're being if we're being honest. What about Busey talking about his dog, Prince Henry Scott? <laughs> right. Great story in that movie. Oh, cherry bombs! Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and I held on. I held on. Oh yeah. Vikings are coming off that big win against the Raiders, Ted. Yep. Do we send a statement out to the rest of the teams in the league? Don't mess with us. You know, I think after that scintillating barn burner, I believe I called it on the Sunday post game show. The rest of the NFL has taken notice. I don't know what kind of notice, but they are paying attention to the Minnesota Vikings. Pay attention to our defense, at least. Yeah, they better. You also better pay attention to a couple of cool websites called Purple Pain Forums and VikingsReport.com. Purple Pain Forums is our home on the Internet, and it's, it's a great site for all things Minnesota Vikings. It's not social media garbage. It's kind of an old-school message board. Get a really good conversation going along with uh, some really great, knowledgeable Vikings folks. One of the moderators over there, Dan Chat, was on with us earlier this season, previewing the Falcon games. Did a great job. Dan Chat has a lot of original content over there. Go check it out, purplepainforms.com. And then check out our website, vikingsreport.com. You can find our, our prize vault there. We give away prizes. We've got our, our Antoine Winfield jersey you can look at if you're in the running for the Nobody Cares About Fantasy Team Contest. And we give away prizes at the end of every live show. Maybe during the show, we gave out a couple prizes last week for a couple of really good comments. But you go to vikingsreport.com. You can see links to shows we've done in the past. Check out the prize vault, stuff like that. So purplepainforms.com and vikingsreport.com. One of the prize winners, Mark Stein, Ruby finally got a hold of him and says, what do you want for a prize? And he says, my last name's Stein. What do you think I want? <laughs> she got a Drew and Ted's, those tall Steins that we sell. Nice! Earmugs, he got one of those. So. That's sweet. Those are nice. We make great Christmas gifts, by the way. But Justin Day from Purple Gold for Days, mm-hmm. he took the Christmas ornaments that light up. We just got some Christmas ornaments, Viking ornaments that light up. So, Oh, cool. See, we have a veritable plethora of things you can choose from over at vikingsreport.com. What is a plethora? Why, Wapo? Well, you told me I have a plethora. And I just would like to know if you know what a plethora is. I would not like to think that a person would tell someone he has a plethora and find out that that person has no idea what it means to have a plethora. We got a lot to talk about. We got some Vikings news. We got our Nobody Cares Much fantasy team picks coming up. We're going to preview this uh, titanic struggle of all-world quarterbacks between the Vikes and the Bengals here in a little bit. Before we do that, Drewster, my friend, what time is it? Ted? I'm cooler than you are, so why don't you fix your little problem? Head to Cincy and light this candle. He's right. Grab your backup quarterback and light this candle. <laughs> yes. Resume the countdown and start at number nine. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you've won nine weeks. All right, we did it. She says she's working. I think she's hiding because she got her butt whooped in our fantasy football contest this week. The winning team that week gets three points. Second place team gets two points. And third place, which we'll we'll call Ruby's New Home. Yes. (laughs) Payback's a bitch, ain't it? We get it. It's getting as bad as Drew with his Michigan garbage every week. I've only won two weeks. I've only won... Last year, I won nine weeks. So Ruby's tied with the record. If she wins anymore, she sets a new record standard for us. You know what I'm thinking? None of them has ever done that before. I've only won three times this year, I think. I don't know. Whatever. Also, the final three weeks, starting next week, we'll have Defend the North every week to finish out the season. The last yep. three weeks, we'll have a extra contest every week. So make sure you yep. get your picks in for that. Yeah, we got the two Detroit games and then the Packers game to, to finish off the season. So, yeah, back to back to back to defend the North to end the season. So, we got a lot of stuff coming up. So, stay tuned. All right, a lot of news, a lot of injuries in Vikings land last Sunday. It looks like, you know, the biggest injury out of that was Justin Jefferson. It looks like he is on track to play, according to oh, is he? Kevin O'Connell. 
yeah, it's a good chance he'll play, I think was the last comments he said a couple days ago. But the biggest news is a change at quarterback. One, Nick Mullins is taking over for Josh Dobbs, and I don't think anybody saw this as a surprise. Did you, Drewster? No, I didn't. I really thought Dobbs was going to play a little better, but I guess the Josh Dobbs' Christmas Hallmark movie is over, Ted. He looked the same way he did against the Bears, pretty much. Yeah. Maybe we're seeing what he's really all about from being on all those NFL teams all these years. I feel bad for the guy. I know he wanted to do well with the Vikings. And the first couple games kind of revised his outlook on football and his career. And then it all just kind of fell apart. I don't know the reason why, but we don't have time to discuss it because we're moving on to Cincinnati, as the great Bill Belichick would say. We're on to Cincinnati. We're, we're on to Cincinnati. Merry Christmas, Bill. Merry Christmas. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. Say it again. Say something else. We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> so what's uh what do you think of nick mullins what are your observations of saint nicholas mullins yeah it's a good month to call him saint nick he's not a newbie you know he started a game for the browns a couple years ago and he started a bunch of games for the niners so he knows what he's doing at this point we go back to the pocket quarterback different style back to the pocket quarterback but maybe that's what we need because the other thing wasn't working maybe we'd go back to the Kirk Cousins style and he has learned a lot he's been around Kirk Cousins quite a bit and I saw an interview with Nick Mullins and he said he's on the phone constantly with Kirk Cousins he says Kirk Cousins is a very helpful individual and a very good dude he's uh, hopefully can crunch some numbers with him and some ideas and I have faith that he can win games that's all it needs to be said about my backup quarterback you know, the Vikings offensive line looked pretty bad for three and a half quarters against the Raiders, and it looked pretty bad against the Bears. And then Mullins comes in, and all of a sudden, he's hitting his marks in the pocket, and he's throwing and not holding on the ball and trying to run, and all of a sudden, the line looked a lot better. The line just seemed like it was figuring stuff out, or not maybe not figuring stuff out, but because Mullins understands the offense better than Dobbs, maybe, knows what he should be doing in terms of throwing the football and and not trying to make something happen if something isn't there, that made the line play look a lot better. Because, you know, at one point you had the line from left to right because of injuries was Christian Derrissaw. I had to write this down. Austin Schlotman after Dalton Reisner went out, but Reisner came back in. Then Garrett Bradbury, Blake Brandle was at right guard, and then Dan Questenberry, famous Royals relief pitcher. Our friend. Right tackle, yeah. The Submariner, he's a friend of the show. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he calls in a lot, gives us a lot of tips. Still throws a mean sinker ball, too. But amazingly, that line looked okay with Mullins at quarterback, whereas it looked like a hot mess with Dobbs. So I I don't know. I kind of have faith that maybe everything will will look better. I really am looking forward to watching Mullins play. I have a lot of faith in him. I think... You could say, well, Dobbs is more mobile. He could play plays out of the pocket, but he, he quit doing that. So they're yeah. essentially the same now. He, they made him a pocket guy, and he wasn't a pocket guy, even though he probably should have ran more. But Mullins is more decisive. When he gets back there for those five, seven-step drops, he knows the clock in his head. He has to get rid of it. I'm expecting Hawkinson to get even more looks now. Yeah. And that pass he threw to Addison, I mean, he came in, he, he was money. I think he can get it done. But it's just, you know, this whole team kind of teeters on what's the play calling going to be for the week. Having Jefferson back in would certainly help. You had mentioned on the last show that Mullins knows more about the Vikings offense than Dobbs. And I think we should take that bit of knowledge you said last week and put it right here. That's kind of what we're looking at this week. I think that's the main reason Mullins is starting. I mean, over Jaron Hall. I mean, obviously, he's going to start over Dobbs. Dobbs has just not played very well. And I think a benching is fully warranted. I was kind of advocating for Jaron Hall. And then you said something last week. Well, they're not going to start Hall over Dobbs. Dobbs is the veteran there in the playoff race. And that's a very good point. Well, you take Dobbs out of the equation, and that still holds true. Nick Mullins is now the veteran compared to Jaron Hall. And starting him probably makes the most sense if you're a team that's 7-6, and six, still holding the sixth seed in the NFC right. and wanting to make the postseason. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm going to put this – I saw this on X or Twitter today. And it was put out by the Purple Persuasion. Mullins has played 25 games. He started 17. So he's had basically a full season of playing quarterback. And his numbers aren't too shabby. He's got 65% completion percentage, 
completion percentage, 5,100 yards passing, 7.7 yards per attempt. The big red flag here, he's got 27 touchdown passes, but 23 interceptions. So, again, that's probably why a guy's a backup, because they don't take care of the ball as well as a starter usually does. So that's the one thing. His overall passer rating is 88. I mean, look, Nick Mullins is a serviceable guy. And when you're facing a team that has their backup quarterback going, you know, the Vikings have a better than even chance to win this game, I would think. I think so too. And and if you look at who Mullins is going to be facing, the 31st ranked overall defense, 24th against the run, 27th against the pass, 31st overall. This is a perfect place for him to come. I mean, you're not coming in facing the Eagles front seven, that's for sure. No. So that should help him as well. I just hope we can put together a running game this week. And I got to say, facing off against like Don Henley and Timothy B. Schmidt and Joe Walsh would be very intimidating. I, I would be quite intimidated myself facing the Eagles front. Like, I mean, those guys are legends, absolute legends. How is Joe Walsh still alive? I don't know. You know, we saw them in concert, which <laughs> was before Glenn Fry died. They were fantastic. They sounded like their studio albums. I mean, they just sounded incredible. So if you close your eyes, you're like, man, this is unbelievable. And you look at them, and it looked like every single one of those dudes had died like five years previously. It was unbelievable how bad they looked compared to how great they sounded. When it comes to playing music, though, they are on it. They know exactly what they're doing. Anyways, I kind of like the Vikings' chances this Sunday. Now, going forward, you look at the results of this past weekend. Once again, the Vikings are within striking distance of the Lions. They could conceivably win the division. They have to win out, and they have to win both games against the Lions. And you watch the Lions these last couple weeks, you're thinking, these are winnable games. If the the Vikings would have had their head out of their keisters against the Broncos and Bears, we'd be in first place. Yeah. Yeah, we would. The Bears beat them pretty handily last. It It wasn't a lucky win. No. The Bears kind of handled Detroit. I mean, at least with the Vikings, the Bears didn't look all that great. I mean, the Vikings looked terrible. Don't get me wrong, but the Bears didn't look all that great. Against Detroit, the Bears' offense looked good. This is a good opportunity for Mullins to get, even though it's on the road, he can get a little work in before those three rivalry division games coming yeah. up. Because those are going to be, I mean, let's face it, the last three weeks of the season are going to be make or break if the Vikings make the playoffs. They have to win all those games. I feel good about uh, Mullins in there. Till next week when we rip him and say the guy's worthless. Well, speaking of playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Right now, if you're looking at the ESPN site that does the playoff chance, they're saying the Vikings have a 66% chance to make the playoffs. If last weekend everything went against them in terms of teams in the hunt with them, this weekend turned out perfectly. The Packers lost. Seahawks lost. Seahawks lost. Whoever was supposed to lose to help the Vikings did lose, and the Vikings pulled out that. The thriller in Vegas. How about the Giants last Monday night doing us a solid beating that, the Packers? What about that quarterback? Maybe we should look into getting that guy. Yeah, Danny DeVito or Vinny DeVito. My Uncle Paulie's <laughs> on board. You know, once you let the mob into your business, though, they eventually take <laughs> over the whole thing. You got to be careful about that. But, yeah, Vinny DeVito looked really good. It's 62 years. We don't have no Super Bowls. Let the mob, let them take over. Now, the one thing, so you talk about the playoffs. We mentioned that real quick. Are they going to make the playoffs? You think they will? Yes. I do, too. I, I believe they will. I, I believe they're going to end up as the sixth seed. I think they're going to they're going to finish out the season at least three and two and lock up the sixth seed. You know, we got the three teams. We got a Detroit, what, nine and four, nine and five, mm-hmm. Minnesota, seven, six, Green Bay, six and seven. Yeah. But they're all teams that can beat each other. Nobody yeah. has an advantage out of those three teams. I don't think so either. And if the Vikings do go to the playoffs, it's going to be because of the Vikings' defense. I wanted to mention this before we get out of here and, and get to our preview, and nobody okay. cares much fantasy team. But the Minnesota Vikings, Drew, when we said coming into the season, what would we consider a good improvement in the Vikings' defense? And we both said mid-teens, late, late teens, like 20, 21, somewhere around there. None of us, e- even you and I said, no, I, I think a top 10 is out of the question. Well, right. the Minnesota Vikings are not a top 10 defense, Drew. They are fifth in the NFL in scoring defense. The Minnesota Vikings are once again a top five defense. They are fifth in the NFL rush defense. Can I get the horns on that? (laughs) Top five? Are you kidding me, Top five. Top five. 18.6 points a game. First shutout since 2017. God, if we just had the offense, if Kirk was here, we'd be out. No. Ah! I know, right? Yeah. 
Last year, we had this great offense, and the defense <laughs> is sucking b-hole. And now yeah. this year, the defense is on fire, and we're scoring, what, 33 points the last three weeks. Yeah. Something around there. That's not a lot. The defense is allowed 33. Yeah. One touchdown the last 12 quarters, the defense is allowed. And they're one and two. They got to figure it out. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? You're Ziggy Wolf. I'm Brian Flores. You ask me. Go ahead and ask me. What do I need to do to make you stay? Brian, you've had a remarkable turnaround for this Vikings defense. What can we do to keep you in Minnesota as our defensive coordinator? Make me the head coach. How about if I make you the assistant head coach and I will make your salary commensurate with Kevin O'Connell? I can't let you exceed Kevin's because he's the head coach and I'm I'm not going to fire him. He's had a he's he's gotten the Vikings assuming they go to the playoffs playoffs two years in a row. He's a good coach. I don't want to get into the carousel of coaches, but I want to keep you here. Let me get back to you. <laughs> so we'll end it there. We'll pick this back up next week. Okay. All right. Our, our little stage performance there. All right. With that, we're moving on to nobody cares about fantasy team because, of course, as Ruby has so often pointed out already, she has nine wins. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Toon says he's wearing the nine. Just nine for you. wins. No, it's for Tommy Kramer, but whatever. Co- coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> she has everybody she picks, man. Oh, uh, it's unbelievable. All right, and the rules are simple. If you follow the show or follow the game, we just pick new players every week, quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. Can't pick that same player twice. Can't pick any Thursday night games players because somebody might hop out and get a huge lead and and just kind of ruin it for everybody. So we don't pick any players on the Thursday night game. Ruby wins every week. Drew and I kind of suck. (laughs) So just go ahead and put our picks up and do with that information what you will. So, as always, just go ahead and put your selection of who you think has got the better team this week in the comment section below. Not anywhere else on social media, not on Facebook, not on our Facebook page, not on Twitter, right down here below. That's a strong squad you got this week, Ted. You're kind of putting it out there, man. That's... Yeah. Keeping some of that ammunition dry for, for late in the year when I need the big push. That's what she said. Which is what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Robert W. Farsworth had it. Hello again, everybody. Robert W. Fonsworth here. After a week of dominance in Sin City, the Minnesota Vikings take the WKRP Turkey Drop Express to Cincinnati, the Queen City, to face whatever that new quarterback's name is, Zach Taylor, and the dastardly Cincinnati Bengals. Can the Vikings improve the 8-6 and, and improve their playoff chances? Or will they get eaten alive? We'll find out. When the Bengals get the ball, Jeff Blake throw picked off beautifully by Alfred Jackson. And he could go all the way. Oh, the Vikes just keep doing this. 17-3, Minnesota. More Moon with just seven seconds left in the half. Moon to Chris Carter, and all he does? Cuts touchdown. 24-3, Vikes at the half. Pocket protected. Open in the middle of the field, breaking loose. Justin Jefferson, he is into the end zone. A timeout, they have one remaining. The pitch, Dalvin Cook is easily into the end zone, and that's a Viking touchdown. As you can see, our categories are the same as they are every week. We start a quarterback, we work our way down to intangibles. Because intangibles are just stuff you can't see. Is that what they are? Just don't worry about it. Let's just get on with the show. Never going to be Chuck Carmen, Ted <laughs> All right, so we talked about Nick Mullins a lot in the opening. We were talking about the new segment. He's getting the start this week. 17 starts in his career. He's going up against the hero of Egan, Minnesota, Jake Browning. I don't know if you remember, Drew, Yeah. Uh, back in 2020 yeah. when Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mond and every quarterback, but Browning got COVID. They had that open practice, and Browning had to throw every pass for both sides, and he was carried off the field on the shoulders of his teammates. 
and he was exalted as the second coming because Kirk <laughs> wouldn't get a COVID shot or whatever the hell the reason was. That's right. Anyway, so he's moved on to greener pastures, and he's now become a legit hero for the Cincinnati Bengals. He came in for an injured Joe Burrow. All he has done is go, what, 2-1 two and two one this year? 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two and two, complete 75% of his passes. I mean, I don't know if you saw that game the other night, the, what, the Thursday night game, I believe, was against Jacksonville. Right. 32 of 37 for 354 against Jacksonville, 88% completion. That defense is no slouch. Right, right. They are one of the better defenses in the NFL. He chewed them up. Almost every game the last three or four weeks we've said these teams mirror each other in a lot of ways. And I I don't think you could mirror each other more than Browning versus Mullins right now. They're both kind of the same guy. Browning, I think, was more heralded coming out of college. I remember he played for Washington. And at some point, I think it was in a 2017 or 2018, a lot of people were thinking he was a first-round guy. Sure. And I think that 2018 season, he just sort of fell off. The only reason I remember this is because Washington ended up playing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, and he had a decent comeback. Ohio State still won the game. But I kept thinking to myself, what happened to Jake Browning? He just sort of plummeted, and the Vikings, I think, got him as an undrafted free agent or took him late in the draft or whatever the case was. And anyways, I mean, he's been playing more. He's been playing what, the last month or so, and he's been playing very well. He's at home. I, I think I'm going to take Browning here for the for the Bengals. Uh, I could totally understand that. I did a lot of research on this, trying to compare the two. I know we don't do the push, Ted, but the last three years we've been doing this board, I can't pick a quarterback today. I can't. Okay. Um, If I had to, I'd probably get the slight edge to Browning off everything you just said. He hasn't dropped the ball, so to speak, with Burrow going down. He's been playing really well. Uh, You talk about heralded. He played high school ball in Sacramento, where I used to live. His senior year, he threw 91 touchdowns. Really? Let that sink in for just a second. 91. In like 10 or 11 games, right? They went to the state final. They actually played 16 games. But that's almost six touchdowns a game. Threw 91 and ran for five. So he had 96 touchdowns his senior year in high school. He's talented. And he's been showing it the last couple of weeks. I think he's one of those quarterbacks that looks really good and then falls apart. Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking this week he might do the fall apart. At least that's what I'm hoping for. But you don't want to get that guy in a groove. I probably should give the check mark over Mullins, but I can't. I had to go push on it, Ted. Okay, that's fair. What about the run game? Both teams are pretty low in the run game. What do they average here? Run game, the Vikings are 27th, and Cincinnati is 31st. 31st. Again. Second week in a row, a team that's worse than the Vikings running the football. What, what are the odds of that? And they got Joe Mixon. What did we have last week? 140 or something? We did pretty well. Mixon's a good running back, but not elite. I'll give you that, but he's better than average. And then they got Chase Brown, who caught the big pass last week. He's the better receiver out of the back. He's actually a really good receiver. And we remember him in the Big Ten in Illinois. Mm-hmm. He had some good games against both our schools. Not against Ohio State. One school that won the Big Ten and the other. Oh, may, yeah. may, maybe against maybe against your backwater college, Unabomber <laughs> degree given school. <laughs> so we know he's capable, though. He was the best back yeah. coming out of the Big Ten. I have to give this to Cincinnati. I got to give him the check mark because I think they're a little bit more they're a little bit more healthy than the Vikings are. Their O line is actually a better run blocking O line than a pass blocking O line. It's very slight, though, Ted. Yeah, and then you throw in the fact that Alexander Madison got hurt last week. He was in concussion protocol. We'll see if he plays this week. If he doesn't, it looks like it's going to be probably Ty Chandler and Kane Wangwu. What about Wangwu getting some carries? That was kind of cool. Yeah, I didn't do anything with him, but yeah, he finally got, got to touch the ball. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Joe Mix isn't lighting it up this year. He doesn't even have four yards of carry, but he's got seven touchdowns rushing, and he is on my fantasy team. So no one cares about your stupid I, fantasy right. team. Nobody cares about the fantasy team. And he's put up decent numbers for me. Anyways, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give this one to the Bengals as well. Receiving game. Let's say Justin Jefferson is back and able to play and he's healthy as can be. You would normally think, man, I got to go with the Vikings. But you, then you look at what the Bengals have. And you've got Jamar Chase. You got T Higgins. I mean, you could make an argument with T Higgins. He's been hurt a little bit this year, but when they're both healthy, they might be the best wide receiver combo tandem in the NFL. I mean, they're right up there. Then you throw Tyler Boyd in there. But then you got J.J. and you got Jordan Addison, and I'm going to go with the Bengals here because K.J. Osborne has just been very disappointing this year, but it's almost a push because what they lose in K.J. Osborne, the Vikings make up for 10 times over with T.J. Hawkinson. Hawkinson is having an incredible 
monster year. I think he's going to set records for Vikings tight ends when it's all said and done. Sure. You know what? I'm going to change this to a push. If we can do one push this week, I'm going to push the receiving. I'm going to look. Now, this is assuming J.J.'s back. If J.J.'s not back, then Bengals get this. But you throw in Hawkinson, kind of cancels out the bad season Osborne's having. I'm It's close. I'm going to go push here. I can understand the push. It was really close for me also. I had to lean just slightly with the Bengals. I think that wide receivers, they got us beat. And J.J., if he comes back, he's probably going to be not quite 100%. We have the better tight end, Drew Sample. He's not writing home about anything. But I think quarterback-wise and play-calling-wise, the Bengals are aggressive play-calling team. They are. They like to run the football, but they like to air it out as well. They're very unpredictable with the offensive play-calling. So I had to give them I had to give them the check mark for the receiving game, Ted. I didn't want to, but we look at these, try to be objective on these things. And you're right about I don't know what's going on with uh, K.J. Osborne. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to put this back in the Bengals column because you mentioned the tight end, and I forgot the force that is Irv Smith Jr. is now on the Bengals. Oh. So when you factor in the Irv Smith revenge game, I don't, I don't, I, my bad there, folks. What about all those great catches he made for us? Yeah, okay. What do you expect from an Alabama Crimson Tide player? <laughs> Well, I can do right. this Wait, I got to do my signature. Mm-mm. Have you ever done that before on the show? Last last week I did it, and I hurt my pelvis and I hurt my groin. But am I? <laughs> what do we got? What do we got going next, Ted? All right, tell me about the offensive lines. Who you who you like here? Offensive line, Ted. This is another one that's really close. These two teams are close. They started one and three. We started one and four. They won four straight. We won five straight, and then they lost three straight, and both of them are on their backup quarterbacks. <laughs> These teams are mirrors of each other, but they are. here's the deal with the O-line. Everybody needs to know this. Very important. The Bengals' offensive line is the best in football with handling stunts, and a stunt is where the defenders are crossing each other, coming around. I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but they're running a stunt on defense. The Bengals are the best team in football for picking that up. They are. You look at the tape, you look at their running backs and how they block. You can't stunt them and get through. A stunt would be like what the Raiders were doing with us, with the linebacker up the middle to get Dobbs. But they are very susceptible to the bull rush. They have two really good tackles with Brown and uh, Jonah Williams, the big boy from Alabama, and the interior. If you bull rush Cincinnati, you can get to their quarterback. And if you look at the sack numbers, both these teams once again mirror themselves for sacks get gotten and sacks given up, sacks allowed. They're about even all the way across the board. Mid-30s, both teams. That being said, I don't know the health of the Vikings, but that bull rush factor may come into play with Browning. He's not mobile either. He takes sacks. I had a check mark slightly for the Vikings. Even if O'Neal doesn't play, the Vikings are going to be able to make some hay up the middle with their defensive push. But if they stick to bull rushing and don't stunt, then I think they're going to have a, a good day against the Bengals. I'm going to give the Vikings a check mark on the offensive line. I'm going to give it to the Bengals simply for the fact you talked about the Vikings injuries. Dalton Reiser went out. He came back. I think he'll play. Derisaw was fine. Bradbury was fine. Ed Ingram was out last week. Didn't play his status. Still not sure if he's going to play or not. And then Brian O'Neill, you mentioned him, went out uh, in, in relief. And Dan Quesenberry came in and, and played a right tackle. Brian O'Neill has kind of been in struggle in the last two or three weeks, but he is still a much better player than Quesenberry. And now Quesenberry's come in, in for Derrissaw a couple times and played well. I, I just think the Vikings lose a lot if Brian O'Neill is going to be out for the game, especially when you have Mullins as a backup quarterback. The one thing I like about Mullins is he's not a runner. He doesn't scramble. He's not a runner like Josh Dobbs, but he can climb the pocket. He can move in the pocket. He can use his feet to get out of a rush and make a throw. I mean, they're asking a lot of Mullins this week. You add that along with the injuries on the Vikings O-line, I'm going to give it to the Bengals. Also, to add a little tidbit to the end here for the offensive lines, the Vikings have a really, really great chance to make the Bengals one-dimensional. They do. They do. Because the Vikings are fifth against the run defensively, and we talked about their run game is 31st. And another factor why I gave the Vikings a check mark, I think the Vikings front seven is better than the Bengals. Yes, I do too. So their offensive line is going up against a better front seven. But the numbers say the Vikings can shut their run down. We put Browning back at the pocket and just tee off on them. That's the way yeah. they're going to win this game. Now, speaking of the front seven, let's flip to that 
that right now. And then the Bengals, you look at the Bengals' depth chart, they only have six guys, and they list a nickelback as their starter. So their base defense looks to be the nickel. Right. That said, they still have two really good players on that front that you need to be aware of. One guy is Sam Hubbard, defensive end, played at Ohio State, having a very why, good why year. Why does he have to do it? Why does he have to do it? Football-wise, has never left the state of Ohio. He played high school football. He played college football. Now he plays for Cincinnati. Anyways, he's really good. The other defensive end is Trey Hendrickson. He hit free agency, and, and a lot of Vikings fans were wanting him to come to Minnesota. The, the Vikes were tied up against the cap and couldn't make it happen. Hendrickson and Hubbard are a really good defensive end tandem. There was a tweet I saw it on Twitter, an X, whatever it's called, um, about Josh Metellus. You're a Michigan guy. So there, you, you're going to get your cred for being a Michigan guy. He has lined up, I think, at every position except defensive tackle, and maybe he's even lined up there this year. Brian Flores is position-averse to guys. He puts guys somewhere on the defensive side of the ball and tells them to do something, and they all do it really well now. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how else to explain Yeah, the Vikings have their depth chart and starters, and really about the only guy that's lined up pretty much in the same place consistently as Harrison Phillips. I mean, you have guys, sometimes he'll have three down linemen, sometimes he'll have seven guys standing up. Guys will be blitzing for 20 yards back. The guys will come from 20 yards back right up to the line of scrimmage and then backpedal 10 or 15 yards to go into coverage. Flores' defense is chaos. I, I wouldn't want to be Jake Browning this week trying to figure it out. Every coach that said from about week six on about this defense, I hate this. I hate trying to game plan against this defense, and it's because of the versatility of all these players. So I don't know who the seven guys are that you consider the Vikings front seven, but they're better than the Bengals. So there. No way to put it any differently than that. I give the check mark to the Vikings, too. Look for Roy. He's going to have a good week this week. I'll mention a couple more people on Cincinnati, though. They have a really good nose tackle with DJ Reader. He did not go to Ohio State. I don't know where no. he went, but I know it wasn't Ohio State. Did he go to Michigan? No, he did not. Okay. And Logan Wilson, he's a tremendous linebacker. All in all, playing collectively as a group, the Vikings are on fire right now. And you got to go with the team that's on fire right now. And it's the Vikings. So what's secondary? Secondary, I am also giving it to the Vikings. Big loss when uh, Cameron Taylor Britt went down. He yeah. was, I think, their best player back there. I think the Vikings get the check mark with the secondary, the pass defense. They're, they're 27th. We should be able to move the ball through the air. But they got a problem at corner, but they don't have a problem at safety. We know Dax Hill is a very good safety. Jordan Battle's pretty good, too. But Dax Hill, where do you go, Ted? I don't know. Did he go to Michigan? Yes. But they lost a lot with Britt. They don't have to rule any coverage with Cam Taylor Britt, and now he's out. He's on injured reserve. Yeah. That helped their defense quite a bit. The Vikings have the best safety group in football. I said it. This is a clear check mark for me for the Vikings. Secondary. Yep. We talked about Metellus, but Cam Bynum's having a hell of a year. Harrison Smith, I wish he'd have been playing in this defense five years ago. He would be doing what Metellus is doing right now if he was in this offense five years ago. And then... How about, you know, Ivan Pace, huzzah, huzzah, Hosan is a praise to him. But how about Makai Blackman, too? Another yeah. rookie that is just playing really good football after a Caleb Evans went down. Byron Murphy's playing well. I, yeah, I, hands down, I'm, I'm giving this to the Vikings as well. We called the Blackman thing back in summertime, Ted. You and you I. Did. You did. You said he was going to be the best cornerback on this team. I think you said maybe two or three years. But I would argue... That timeline has been accelerated. He might be the best corner on this team right now. Caleb Evans is good, but he just got to stay healthy. Yeah, and Murphy's no slouch, but he doesn't have the upside that Blackman has. No, I don't think so either. No. All right, red zone. I'm giving this one to the Bengals. They're 7th in offense, 15th in defense. You know, if you can't score in Vegas, you just can't score, man. And the Vikings are 27th on offense, 7th on defense. They're good on defense, 7th overall on defense, but I'm going to have to give this one to the Bengals. I lived in San Diego in the 80s. We used to jump the plane, me and my boys, and go to Vegas once, twice a month. Did you really? Yeah, scoring was never a problem. But the Vikings (laughs) apparently have a problem doing it. You know, I look at the red zone. I usually trust who's higher on defense in the red zone, Ted, Mm -hmm. which is the Vikings. They're seventh in red zone defense. But I have to give it to the Bengals because in this game and the way the Vikings offense is, the better offensive team in the red zone probably has a little bit more of an advantage. Yeah, I, so I'd agree. I gave the Bengals my check mark there. All right, special teams, Drew. You got anything good you want to say about Greg Joseph this Dude, week? Both these kickers struggle. Neither one of them are really any good. 
Yeah. Brad Robbins, where do you go to school? Um, uh, we're going to Eastern Michigan. We're going to get, yes, he is. We're going to give the check mark to the Vikings. Are you really? Yeah, because Elle McPherson, remember her? Remember <laughs> Elle McPherson. Remember a couple years ago, he had that game winner in overtime against us with Cook Fumble down there. Remember that? Yep. yep. He had his glory. He had his time in the sun. This one's for Joseph. I got the utmost faith in Greg Joseph. Really? You know, <laughs> Santa's watching. Santa is watching right now. What's Santa getting Greg Joseph for Christmas? Uh, <laughs> I would hope LASIK surgery to be able to see between the goalposts. I, I, don't I was hoping a kicking tee or something. Maybe super toe. He's statistically the worst kicker in the NFL. I think he's only hitting, what, 76%? Not this week, though. Joseph is only 2-5 from 40 to 49 yards, dude. That just stinks. He missed a, and he missed a 49-yarder, what, in the second quarter last week? When it was 0-0 in Vegas and he lined up for that field goal after already missing one. <laughs> what, were you, what were you thinking? Give me the Ted Glover. What were you thinking moment? Honestly, what were you thinking when that snap was happening? I thought 50-50. I would not have been surprised if he'd have missed it and the game would have ended 0-0. What about you? That's about what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm going to the Vikings. Yeah, I'm giving the special teams to the Bengals. Evan McPherson has made some clutch kicks for the Bengals. He kicked them to the Super Bowl a couple years ago in Kansas City. I'm picking the Bengals here. You know this game's coming down to a field goal, right? It always does with this team. <laughs> always does. All right, coaching. So, Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan is the offensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator is Lou Anna Rumo, who sounds like he would make a great head coach team with Tommy DeVito. Wasn't he the corner man for Tyson? No, this guy was the former wrestling manager, Lou Anna Rumo Albino, who, you know, the rock and wrestling connection. Oh, yeah, the Lou Albano yeah. with the yeah. rubber bands on his face. Yeah. Real quick, I want to note that Troy Walters is the wide receivers coach for the Bengals, who have a very good wide receiver tandem. I don't know if you remember, Troy Walters played for the Vikings for a cup of coffee back in the early 2000s. Yeah. I know you're down on KOC. We talk about these teams being so close. There a lot of ways their coaching staff is a mirror image of each other. Zach Taylor's an offensive guy. Zach Taylor got a young quarterback. The Vikings probably looking to get one. If you'd have told me at the beginning of the year, going into week 14 with 13 games under the belt, the Vikings would have lost Kirk Cousins. Alexander Mattis is now hurt. They lost Justin Jefferson for a good part of the year. A couple guys in their O-line are hurt. They've lost Marcus Davenport. They start, lost their starting linebacker in Jordan Hicks. They've lost a starting defensive lineman in Dean Lowry, but that might have been addition by subtraction, but he was still a starter and they lost him. If you'd have told me all of that and they were still seven and six and in the sixth seed for the NFC playoffs spot right now, I would take that in a heartbeat. And I think a lot of that has to do with Kevin O'Connell. I know you're not a big fan of his coaching or his play calling, and I, that's fair. That's fair critique. But, man, I, I, I like him. I like KOC. Love what Brian Flores is doing. We've talked about him. I'm going to pick the Vikings here. I, too, am taking the Vikings, and I'm glad you said all that because that would have been my big spiel about Kevin O'Connell. I know I've been tough on his play calling, which is – It's legit. I think it's legit. He's had two games, I think San Francisco and maybe one or two other ones when he was actually calling unpredictable plays. But I've been really tough on him all season on KOC. He won't return my calls. We don't have drinks anymore. <laughs> um, but I will say this, and everything that you just mentioned kind of explains it. Lost his starting quarterback. Everything that you just explained, Ted. And he's got his team in a playoff run. And he's yeah. winning. He's continued to do it. So there's something to be said for that. I'm proud of the guy. I think it, as a head coach, he's doing a great job. I think he's making good decisions. I think he's keeping his team upright. I think he's keeping his team motivated. I think he's keeping the levelness in the locker room. You know, when your defense is way better than your offense, sometimes the locker room starts clashing. Mm -hmm. Kevin O'Connell's kept that as a we're all in it together with help from Flores because Flores says, we don't care about the offense. We're going to do our thing. Yeah. And I think KOC has been a great head coach. If KOC would find a, a good offensive play caller, this team would be unstoppable. But in terms of a head coach, you know, I've ripped him all season for his play calling, but I wanted to get that out there and let people know I don't hate the guy. I think he's a good head coach. Okay, that's fair. Well, look at you. It's the spirit of Christmas and all. But he has done a great job overseeing the entire team, and that's what Zimmer couldn't do. Zimmer wasn't liked in the locker room. Zimmer let the you know defense, offense fight with each other. 
KOC is a real get your team together, and I think he, he takes a lot of time doing that, working on that. He wants his players to play for each other. And a lot of that is kind of overlooked because play calling is the one thing everybody sees every week, and you don't see what's in the locker room, and we don't get the – other than, like, you know, the post-game victory speeches and all that. Right. But did you watch the doubleheader, the dual dueling Monday night games? Did you watch any of the Giants-Packers at all? I watched, like, 90% of that. You watched the game with the volume down, right? You didn't have the volume up with the announcers and all that, or did you? Vikings are always volume zero, but other okay. games, I'll turn it on because it's not the Vikings. It doesn't upset me as much when these idiots make stupid statements. Did you see the part when they were talking about Brian Dable and Wink Martindale just kind of clashing, and there was kind of this rift developing between the two? Yes. You hit a great point about him, about O'Connell and, and uh, Brian Flores. They have a unified front. Right. And and it's it's obvious right now. And early in the year, the the offense was playing better than the defense. And now it's just blatantly obvious that the defense is carrying this team to wins. Yet you don't see the defense coming in. You don't see the defense bitching at their coaches on the sideline like you did with Kansas City on the end of the Bills game. I, I mean, I don't think you would see a player going at Brian Flores. I can't remember the name of the Chiefs guy that was going after either his position coach or the defensive coordinator. I, you won't see that on the Vikings. I, I think the Vikings coaching staff has done a great job of getting everybody to buy in and say, look, not everybody is going to be doing great all the time, but we're going to have to carry each other and play for each other so we can get through this together. And that is the message that is coming through between Flores and O'Connell and Phillips and the entire staff. And that's that's something to be commended, I think. Well said, lover. Well said. All right. I'm picking the Vikings coaching staff, too. All right. Intangibles. People always rely on us for the weather, so we went ahead and looked it up. <laughs> we always do every week. 53 degrees, 17% chance of rain, but if there's rain, it's going to be a light drizzle. And the winds are 6 to 8 miles an hour northwest. How's that? So none of that matters in the game. My intangible is this, Ted. The last time the Vikings won in Cincinnati, the stadium was called Riverfront. <laughs> the quarterback for the Bengals was Boomer Esiason. Jeez, really? That's the last time we won in Cincinnati. That's how long it's been. I mean, with their AFC, we don't play them yeah, a lot. Right. But that's four or five losses in a row in Cincinnati. It's 31 years ago. 1992, we won 42-7. to seven. Who was the quarterback? For the Vikings in 92? He threw four touchdowns that day. It would have been either Salisbury or Gannon, wouldn't it? Ritz Gannon was the starter and Salisbury was the backup. All right. All right. Ted got them both. Yeah. That is fantastic. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. That's right. That's way too long to wait to win in another stadium. That's my intangible. End the losing streak. Get it out of the way because we don't want to spend 30 years winning in a stadium. I mean, come on, man. That would have been Denny Green's first year in 92. Yes. Yeah, yes, nice. Ted Glover. Hassan Jones caught a touchdown that day. Hassan Jones. How's that for a blast from the past? That Troy Walters and Hassan Jones now. My intangible is to make Nick Mullins comfortable, and I think that will be fairly easy to do. He's not Jaron Hall. He's not you know going to have the deer-in-the-headlights look of a rookie making his first start. Right. He's got experience. He's very familiar with this system. You know, Kevin O'Connell, you talked about his play call, and he said – Look, I, I know I've got shortcomings as a play caller, and I've got to get better. We have been talking about this and looking back at what I've done, and I, I know that in some situations I've got to get him more aggressive. So I would hope they make Nick Mullins comfortable, get him calling plays and running plays that he is very comfortable with, some quick outs, some quick stuff over the middle to just get him settled in the game. And I, I think if he can do that and get in a rhythm, the Vikings will be okay. So if they get your intangibles along with me? I think so, yeah. Yeah, they, they got to do it. All right. I got a summary, though. My summary will be short and sweet. All right. The Bengals are second to only the Niners in the entire league in turnover ratio. They are plus 10. We are minus 5. That is where they win their games. Mm -hmm. That is the only number they have an advantage on us. We have a better total offense. We got a better defense. We're better against the run. Their running game is almost dead last. The numbers streak right down the road, Ted. The Vikings play a clean game. I think they come out as a winner of this game. They're one behind the Niners in turnover ratio, and they're only 7-6. Yeah. and six. Yeah. So they're not taking advantage of it all the way down the line. But the Vikings, 
as we've said many weeks, Ted, the only way the Vikings are going to lose is if they piss the game away. Yep. Play your game. Get it done. Let's go to eight and six and head back. I think we go back to Minnesota after this. Yep. Back home for two games. And the one thing that Nick Mullins has kind of have a history of is throwing interceptions. We talked about 28 touchdown, career touchdown passes, 23 interceptions. That said, I think he's better at not turning the ball over than Josh Dobbs has been these last, what, two or three games. Dobbs didn't have any turnovers against the Raiders, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I expect Mullins to make some safe throws. Don't do anything goofy. Don't cough the ball up, and I agree with you. If they can do that and win the turnover battle like they did last week in Vegas, then they're going to win this football game. So don't have Hawkins in, in motion run up and take the snap? Yeah, exactly that, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> exactly that. And tomorrow we'll be having our postgame show. Yes, we will. As soon as the gun sounds at the end of the Bengals-Vikings game, join me, Drew, and our good friend Christopher Gates, the head blogger over at the Daily Norseman. That's dailynorseman.com. Check him out. But for now, that ends episode 117, I believe. Drewster, thanks so much for uh, doing this show every week. I have so much fun doing it. Ruby, thanks for everything you do. We tell you we're going to not talk as much, and we always end up doing talking more. Sorry. We'll, we'll try and get better. I will try to do better the next time. We'll both try to do better next time. Buddy, take us home. Join us tomorrow after the Vikings beat the Bengals for our postgame show. Everything Ted just said, we're looking forward to having you. We'll be giving away a prize, and we'll be giving away a lot of knowledge because we like to do that. Vikings need this game, Ted. I think they're going to get it. And I think our fan base is hungry. Get behind Mullins and try to get a victory. Tunsis, thank you for producing this turbo show that wasn't turbo and not hating us. Because we can't do a turbo show, Ted and I. Nope. (laughs) We just talk too much. But thank you. Like, subscribe. Come watch us when you can. And uh, that's all I got for tonight, Ted. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Mullins! <laughs>